Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked on Wolves. Today on the show, Team USA blows out Team Italy and is now in the semifinals of the FIBA World Cup. Anthony Edwards took a bit of a backseat, but still had a great game. We'll talk about what happened in that game, what's up next, and uh, also who got knocked out of the tournament um, that has uh, that, that I think suddenly was seen as a potential favorite to get to the final. We'll talk about all that. Plus, the Timberwolves signed somebody to an, uh, an Exhibit 10 contract that will be in training camp with the team here this fall. It's up. All upcoming on the show. Welcome in. You are Locked On Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Lockdown Wolves. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy hump day. And a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app, and that's on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. This show, along with all the other Minnesota Lockdown podcasts, of course, uh, the Vikings start this week. The Gophers have game two this week, so Lockdown Golden Gophers, Lockdown Vikings. Uh, hockey starts soon. Check out Lockdown Wild. And the Twins have, a, I think, seven-game lead in the Central Division now, so if you're a baseball fan, check out uh, Brandon Warren and Lockdown Twins. All those shows are great. You can get them all on either Roku or Amazon Fire TV on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today. You can also follow this show on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon. And that's with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right, we're checking it on Team USA. I, I do want to talk some actual Timberwolves a little bit later. Uh, the Wolves did sign. Uh, Javante Cook to an Exhibit 10 contract. We'll talk about what that means, who he is, why that and it might sound familiar to you uh, a little later in the show. I want to start with Team USA. Because um, as you're listening to this tomorrow, third oh no, actually no, they're off. They have two consecutive off days before the semifinals. Team USA has advanced. They dominated Italy on Tuesday, and they will advance to take on um, the. Uh, well, actually, no, we do know they're going to play Germany. This just happened. Is is uh, Germany ended up squeaking out a win over? Um, who did they beat? Latvia. Uh, and so the team USA will play Germany on Friday. So there's two days in between. Um, I, I don't believe that game is going to happen before I record Friday's show. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But next team USA game, Friday, team USA advances with a big win over Italy. The final uh, score, USA ended up winning by 37 points in this one. Um, just an incredible performance by the team as a whole. And of course, Anthony Edwards had a much quieter game. He only made one basket. He was scoreless in the first half, ended up only with three points, hit a three-pointer. I think it was the first possession of the third quarter. Coming out of halftime, Team USA ran some action to get him a shot. But this was just a quiet Anthony Edwards game. And it was interesting. It seemed as though he was making a concerted effort to pass the basketball more often. He only ended up with three assists, which still was tied for third on the team. Um, but he was much more active both, I thought, on the glass. I know he only had three rebounds. It just kind of felt like he was around the ball more defensively when he wasn't guarding the ball. Like He was crashing the glass a bit more. He kept getting the ball in transition, and he was kind of the guy headmanning the ball. He was a lot of times getting the initial outlet pass and then headmanning it up the floor. A couple of hockey assists mixed in there, especially in the first half as Team USA was building this lead. 
it was finding Terry's Halberton in the corners for easy threes. He was probably the biggest beneficiary of, of Ant's passing. Um, to a lesser extent, like we also saw that from, well, not to a lesser extent because he led the team in scoring, but Mikel Bridges. But I think Halberton a lot of times was on the receiving end of Ant passes. Eight of Halberton's nine field goal attempts were threes, and many of those were from the corner. Mikel Bridges shot the ball extremely well, led, led the team in scoring. This was just a well-rounded effort. Team USA scored 100 points. They only had three players score in double, dig- double, double digits. So that right there gives you a pretty good sense for, in fact, everybody played. Everybody on the roster played all, what is it, 12 guys, and 11 of them scored. Cam Johnson uh, only played 10 minutes. He played the whole fourth quarter. He's the only guy that didn't score on the roster. Just a really, really well-rounded performance by Team USA. And, and again, with Ant, it really felt like like he knew that he's known all along. He's the guy, right? In fact, we'll talk about this a little bit later. Team USA plays Germany next. That was the game after the team, uh, the Germany exhibition game when Steve Kerr said, Ant is the guy. He knows he's the guy. Everybody else here now knows he's the guy, right? That's when that's when Steve Kerr said that was after Ant's performance against Germany. That remains the case. And after he scored 35 last time out, and, it, and what did he shoot, 26 times or something? Nobody else shot more than 12. Like he had two and a half times as many shot attempts as anyone else on the team in the last game, which they lost, by the way. Team USA just passed the ball much better in this game. And Ant was a big part of that. The offense wasn't necessarily running through him, but anytime the ball found him, he was making a quick read. And it always seemed to be the right read. He still squeezed the trigger on five three-pointers. He just only made one. And of the five, I think four of them were pretty wide open. Um, in fact, the one he made might have been the toughest shot he took in the game. Um, he just missed some open threes. He had a couple go in and out. Like, that happens. I thought his decision-making was really, really good in this game. And actually, after the game, there were some quotes that that were – it was pretty clear that, that Team USA had this discussion and encouraged Ant to share the ball a little bit more. But it wasn't said in a way like – can you believe this guy? He shot so much this last game we lost. It was more like, hey, he's really good. We're even better when we all share the basketball. So Mikel Bridges' Bridges quote after the game was, uh, quote, Ant could get 30 whenever he wants, like easily. We talked to him and tried to help him out just to find guys, and that's what he did. And he's probably the happiest dude in the locker room right now. So, you know, shout out to Ant for that. He knows how dominant he is. I think we kind of fed off that. You know, once we saw Ant doing that and how happy he was, everybody kind of had that joy as well. So Bridges takes this and and kind of extrapolates it out to the rest of the team and saying, hey, we all were trying to get ours. Ant just, you know, gets his the easiest and got the most opportunity. But now, because we know the guy that can score 30 any any day of the week, now that he's sharing the ball and he's loving it, we can all do the same thing and we can all benefit. And again, only three players on the team ended up in double figures. Bridges led the team with 24 on 8 of 11 shooting, ultra efficient, got to the line four times. Um, Halberton was second in scoring, actually led the team in minutes. Well, second in minutes next to Bancaro. Had 20 minutes, played 18 points on nine shots. I mean, this offense was so efficient. They shot 54% from the field, 47% from three, only attempted 15 free throws. Um, And again, just a well-balanced attack. Austin Reeves had 12 off the bench, including a big tip-in, hit a couple of of nice three-pointers, hit a really tough step back early. uh, I think it was late first half. Um, Brandon Ingram, only eight points, but I thought he played really well off the bench. Uh, Tied for second on the team with with four, four rebounds in this game, a couple of assists. It was good to see the last couple of games, Brandon Ingram has looked more like maybe not entirely the NBA version of himself, but what he needs to do for this team off the bench, right? Um, 
to provide a little bit of that punch, but also do a little bit of everything. And we finally are starting to see that from Ingram. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. got into foul trouble again early. I want to talk more about that next, actually, and, and what needs to happen as Team USA looks ahead to, to facing Germany uh, in the next round because Germany gave the USA a run for their money in in their exhibition game. Obviously, it was exhibition. Uh, but the way that Team USA has been playing, the way that they're structured – they obviously should beat Germany, but Germany remains the only undefeated team in this tournament. And clearly they had problems with Germany in the exhibition game. So I want to talk about a little bit more about this game against Italy and some of my maybe, I don't know, concerns is such a strong word, but um, things to keep an eye on for the USA-Germany semifinal game. Of course, the winner of that game goes to the championship game. The loser goes to the third place game. It like There's no option for Team USA other than getting to the championship game as the number two team number two ranked team in the world. And frankly, as long as they go to the championship game, they should emerge from this tournament number one in the world after Spain got knocked out prior to the the final eight teams. So um, we'll talk about all that here next. We'll talk about that matchup. And then we'll close today by talking about Javante Cook signing an Exhibit 10 deal with the Timberwolves. We'll do all of that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook. NFL season starts tomorrow, Thursday night. Uh, Lions at Chiefs, I believe, is the game. And uh, right now, new customers at FanDuel could bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, and this is awesome, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. NFL Sunday tickets on YouTube TV now. And uh, you can get it. With YouTube TV, you could get it by itself. You'll get $100 off. All you got to do is bet $5 over at FanDuel. You'll get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. Of course, you can also look at World Cup stuff. You can look at, um, I mentioned baseball earlier is obviously ongoing. This is the, the home stretch of the regular season. And, um, you know, you've also got hockey about to start. Plenty of sports to take a look at this time of year. But NFL, of course, is is probably, in my opinion, it's the most fun to bet, even as a, as a huge basketball fan. Betting NFL is a lot of fun. Also college football, too, by the way. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer that you won't want to miss. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. All right, some additional thoughts from Team USA's win over... Italy blowout win, 37 point win in the semifinals. We talked about the balanced offense. We talked about Bridges and Halliburton. We talked a little bit about Austin Reeves. Jalen Brunson, again, was a little bit of a mixed bag. I thought in general he played well, uh, but he's going to be really important. Uh, Germany has Dennis Schroeder on their team, and they struggled with him in the exhibition game. Jalen Brunson has to be the good version of himself. In my opinion, he's maybe the, 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 um, I would say he's one of the swing players for Team USA. Now, obviously, he didn't have a big game against Italy, and they still you know, won by 37, scored 100 points. But when Team USA has been going well, Brunson's been well-rounded and a good decision-maker. He always seems to come out of the gates really, really aggressive and then kind of fade into the background as the game goes on. That's a little harder to say after the Italy game because it was such a blowout. You know, In the second quarter, it was already basically over. But he played well. Like I thought he picked his spots well for us. No turnovers, uh, as well as shooting 50% from the floor against Italy. Uh, but he's going to have to lock in. And, and I'll be curious to see if Team USA uses Brunson to guard Schroeder or whether they turn it over. to My guess is it would be Josh Hart to start, and we may see Ant guard Schroeder at times. There's not a whole lot else in the backcourt for Germany to be super worried about. 
um, it's it's basically Schroeder and it's the Wagner brothers, right? Um, now, Wagner brothers both come off the bench for this team, which is interesting. Um, but that's essentially what Team USA has to look at for um, in, in this matchup. And Brunson is going to be really key to that. He was, I guess he was fourth on the team in scoring in this game with nine points in the Italy game. Um, so keep an eye on Brunson. I mentioned Jaron Jackson a minute ago. He only played 11 minutes in this game. He had two fouls in the first two and a half minutes, hit the bench early, and then he wasn't really needed for the rest of the game. So I think he pretty much played uh, the start of the first quarter and then like the start of the third quarter. And that was kind of it. Um, Only had three rebounds in his 11 minutes. He had gone multiple quarters in a row without a rebound prior to that. They need him to be locked in and not get into foul trouble against the Wagners. Um, There's really no other option. And, and, you know, one of those was an offensive foul and like it's it's a little bit of Towns vibes in the with and it comes to fouls trouble. And obviously both the both Towns and Jackson are two of the most foul prone players in the NBA. And and of course FIBA's officiated a little bit differently. But Jaron Jackson Jr. has to keep himself on the floor with this matchup. I thought that Ben Carroll played his best game that we've seen maybe what was it, the first game of the actual tournament or the end of the exhibition when he had like a 20 plus point game and he played really well. This was his best game since then. He actually led the team in individual plus minus. He had eight points, five rebounds, a couple of assists and two steals in a block in this game was active all over the place. Um, you know, shot selection was mostly good. He shot a couple of threes and a long range too. But like when he was shooting in the paint, he was really effective. Um, and I mean, he only committed one foul. Like he was able to stay on the floor. He was the primary big for team USA. Portis was good too. He was active on the glass, led the team with seven rebounds tied with bridges actually for the team lead with seven rebounds. Uh, Portis was fine, but like team USA is not going to live and die with Bobby Portis. It's going to be Jaron Jackson jr. And if he's in foul trouble, it's Paolo Bancaro. Like those guys both have to show up and be effective enough. We only saw garbage minutes from Walker Kessler. He only played the fourth quarter in this game. He's not really a part of this rotation. I know he's seen some second quarter minutes, some actually first quarter minutes the last couple times out, but he's never played more than 10 minutes in a game. He's not going to be relied upon. And, and frankly, like the type of player that Kessler is would have been more valuable against Lithuania than it would be against Germany with the way that these teams play. Um, now, Germany also has Daniel Tice. Right, so they've got Schroeder, they've got Tice, they've got both Wagners. It's a good team. They're the only team that is thus far undefeated in the tournament. Now they barely beat Latvia. They only won by a basket. Uh, Latvia got twenty from Davis Bertans, and he was kind of the only, um, I believe, the only actual current NBA player that got Rudanis Karukas. I think is how you say it. The former Nets draft pick on that team. Um, But basically, Latvia surprised a lot of people. They were the lowest ranked team coming into the tournament or coming in that made it to the semifinals. Like they were like 29th or 26th in the world. And um, they ended up pushing Germany, only losing by a bucket. Again, Germany's, I think, 6-0 now or 5-0, I guess. The only undefeated team in the tournament at this point. So... Uh, Team USA or Team USA Germany, yeah, is is that's going to be a tough, tough task. The winner goes to the final. As of me recording this right now, we know Serbia beat Lithuania pretty easily. Lithuania, of course, beat the U.S. the other day, so um, kind of a, a hard, fast fall from Lithuania after the peak of beating Team USA. But the winner of Canada and Slovenia, so Canada of SGA, Nikhil Alexander Walker, um, R.J. Barrett, Dylan Brooks. All these guys that are on the Canadian team, Dwight Powell against Doncic in Slovenia, Canada versus Slovenia. The winner of that game plays Serbia. The winner of USA Germany plays the winner of Serbia and that Canada Slovenia matchup. So, uh, Canada, Canada Slovenia matchup. It's obviously not getting any 
any easier, right? But again, Germany, the only undefeated team so far. This is going to be a real difficult matchup Friday morning. Um, and I believe that game's early enough I or late enough. I'm not sure that I'll be able to watch it before recording Friday's show. So if we if we don't get to that, I'll do a quick you know, mention preview of it on Friday's show. And then we'll also get into some some additional Timberwolves stuff. Some of the predictions thing, uh, projections that have been floating around that I keep teasing and haven't actually got to. So that'll likely be what we do Friday. Um, but I guess my my keys right now, if I, if I don't preview it Friday, are Jalen Brunson being competitive against Dennis Schroeder and giving Team USA something offensively. And then whoever guards him otherwise, whether it's Ant or Josh Hart, to do a solid job on Shooter to force the ball out of his hands. And then number two, Jaron Jackson Jr. staying out of foul trouble. Um, Team USA rebounded the ball well against Italy, but it was I think the numbers are more a function of Italy not shooting the ball well. Um, Italy was, what, 30, 31% for the field, 30.7% for the field in this game. Team USA had 51 total rebounds to Italy's 33. So they were plus 18 on the glass after being, what, a minus 16 or something against Lithuania. Again, more a function of the volume of missed shots from Italy than anything else. But also defensively, Team USA looked like they were more engaged as a unit. The rotations were crisp. Guys were engaged. They were getting after loose balls. They actually turned it over more than than Italy did in the game. But in general, the defense was strong. So solid team defense. Jerry Jackson stand out of foul trouble. All that's related to rebounding the basketball better and then doing a good job on Schroeder. The Wagners are going to get theirs. Um, just They just are, right? Um, so it's holding down Schroeder. It's being solid on the glass, limiting second chance opportunities, making Germany work for whatever they get against Team USA on Friday. Those are the keys to the game. And obviously, this is a game Team USA should win, but it's the most difficult test they've had so far. Germany, by the way, in that exhibition game, I mentioned it earlier, it was the last exhibition. Germany had a 16-point second half lead, and then Ant went off. He hit a couple of threes, ended up scoring 24, 25 points, whatever it was, and he led that comeback. But Germany had built a second half double-digit lead, 16 points in the third quarter, that Team USA came back from. So Germany's very capable of winning this game. Again, undefeated so far in the tournament. It's a big game for USA. It'd be very difficult uh, to come home not having made the final in the FIBA World Cup. So big game Friday. We'll talk about it um, one way or the other on Friday, whether or not it's recorded before or after the actual game. So we'll, we'll do that on Friday. Okay, let's talk about Javante Cook. New Timberwolves signee. The name might sound familiar. I'll tell you why and what you need to know about him. And we'll kind of reset the Timberwolves roster heading into training camp, which starts here in like, I don't know, two and a half weeks. So we'll do all that here next. All right, closing out the show with a bit of Javante Cook talk. If that name sounds familiar, it's because he played for the Iowa Wolves last year and was also on the Summer League entry of the Timberwolves, um, I think maybe also last year too. Uh, But Javante Cook is an interesting player. Um, He played in 25 games last year for the Iowa Wolves, started five in the regular season. Now, the Showcase Cup, of course, for whatever reason, you can never find these stats put together. So I guess I'm going to rattle them all off. But in 25 regular season games, he only shot a hair under 31% from three, 42% from the field. I should say he's a 6'6 wing. Um, And so he's got kind of the, the athletic profile, the physical profile of almost like a Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Like, that's who he reminds me of physically. Uh, has length, athleticism, should be able to bother passing lanes, provide good on-ball defense, good lateral quickness for his size. So you'd like him to be kind of a 3 and D type player. The shooting was not there in the G League. Again, 31% from three, 42% from the field. In Showcase Cup play, he was 34% from three. That's over 16 games, 42% for the field there as well. Um, and there's really nothing in the advanced stats and the peripheral, uh, like the 
um, the rate-based stats that gets me too excited about his his profile as a player. Like he was, I think he was top five on the team in steal rate, but it's still just 1.7%. A 2.3% block rate is fine for a guy that's not a big in the in regular season, but it was much lower in, in the Showcase Cup. Turnover rate was a little bit high for what his usage rate was. So again, the advanced metrics in a, if we combine it, what is that? Uh, 41 games in the G League last year. So a small sample as a G League player, Advanced Metrics didn't love his season. But again, it's the physical profile, it's the projectability of Javante Cook as a defender that um, that allows that encourages the Timberwolves to give him a chance. I should also be clear on what an Exhibit 10 is. I should have started with this, so apologies. If you're not familiar, it's essentially like a, if in college basketball terms, it'd be like a preferred walk-on. Um, he gets a little bit of extra money up front. He will come into the season, I think you're allowed, what, up to 20 guys or something? You know, there's the 15, 16 now, I guess, on your team, and then you get a few non-roster invitees. That's essentially what this is. If the Timberwolves do waive him after training camp, which is likely, and as long as he spends two months in the G League, he gets a $75,000 bonus. So he gets a little bit of a higher, he gets a bonus for signing a pay rate bump in the G League this year, and then a $75,000 bonus if he stays with the Iowa Wolves. If he doesn't stay, that means he got a better deal either overseas or maybe maybe a two-way deal with another NBA team or something like that. So um, it's entirely the most likely scenario. Like there's been a bunch of guys last few years. I can't remember who it was last year, but a few years ago, it was like Jordan Murphy, the former Gophers player. Um, Philip Wheeler, I think last year, who still stuck around and was on the summer team and was on the Iowa Wolves all year. Those guys were getting exhibit 10 deals. So their preferred invitees to spring spring training to training camp, um, and they get that extra bump salary wise that basically allows the team to say, or it's like an NFL team signing an undrafted guy, giving them a, a bigger bonus because they want to get them into camp. It's that sort of a thing, and the Timberwolves do still have a two way deal open, so there's the possibility he ends up in that role. Uh, I would say it's unlikely, but it's still possible. One more note on Javante Cook himself: he played Division two basketball first at uh, what was it? like Mars Hills or something like that. Um, yeah, Mars Hill University D2 transferred to um, transferred to Winston-Salem State University, which is an HBCU. It's also Division II. So he played at two different Division II schools and obviously was very, very good to be getting a look at the NBA level after playing D2 ball. In his final year, the 21-22 season at Winston-Salem State, he averaged just under 17 points per game um, only one assist per game, shot 39% from three and just under 47% from the field. So there's some projectability there. He was a 73% free throw shooter, by the way, in college. And last year, um, struggled a bit at the line. It was 77% the regular season, only 50 in the Showcase Cup. So around a 70% overall free throw shooter, both in college and at the G League. So I like, again, this profile looks a little bit more like Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Not a great shooter. There's a little bit of projectability there. Um, and... He's obviously got athletic gifts, got some instincts defensively, should be solid there. Um, the question is, will he stay Will he stay solid defensively? I should also note the rebounding numbers aren't all that impressive. So he needs to contribute a bit on the glass. He's got to show the ability to make some threes, to knock down some open shots, to, to, to be a, a solid catch-and-shoot guy to get a longer look from the Wolves. Because again, the G League numbers aren't all that impressive. Um, so all of the above are things that... Uh, that Javante Cook is going to need to show in training camp and in um, in preseason play if he gets that opportunity. Uh, the Timberwolves still have an open roster spot. They have uh, 14 guys on the roster officially. They've got 
only one two-way guy actually signed. Now, Matt Ryan is a restricted free agent on a two-way deal, so there's the possibility he still comes back. It seems unlikely, but still possible. So the Timberwolves still need to fill a roster spot and a two-way spot. They have now have Javante Cook invited to to training camp, um, and we'll see how all that shakes out. But there should still be some signing, some some Wolves news in terms of signees as we get into mid-September here on the heels of training camp. Uh, there's been a little bit of movement throughout the league the last couple of days. In fact, just on Tuesday, Danny Green signed with the Sixers. Christian Wood, who was still out there, uh, signed a two-year deal with the Lakers, added more to their front court depth. I mean, they've already got Rui Hachimura, Jared Vanderbilt, um, obviously Anthony Davis. The Lakers roster suddenly looks much, much better than it did even 12 months ago. Um, so, I mean, good for Christian Wood. Like, it, it good for it's a bargain deal for the Lakers. So, um, there's still some free agent movement out there. The Wolves, it's not like they have you know cap space to do anything, but there's the possibility that they or they will be adding someone else at some point, and then also figuring out the Matt Ryan situation, the other two-way deal. So we'll stay on top of that here at the show. We, of course, will be back Friday. We'll also next week go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I should note, if the if the Team USA wins on Friday against Germany, the championship game is the final, is on Sunday morning. So Monday's show, we'll talk about, hopefully, Team USA in the championship on Sunday. That'll be Monday's show. Then next week, we'll do Monday, Wednesday, Friday again. The following week, the week that starts with September the 18th, we will be back to five shows a week as we gear up for training camp and preseason play. We'll do roster previews. I'll do previews of every single player on the roster. We'll break down um, what we're looking for in training camp, preseason, et cetera. Um, all that will be upcoming here the rest of the month of September as, I mean, man, we're getting close. Like we're a month away for the first preseason game, essentially. So uh, get excited. A lot to cover here in the coming weeks at Lockdown Wolves. All right, that's all we have for you today. A big thank you to those that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen every single day. Of course, you can listen to the show wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can also watch on YouTube, as well as the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can download that app and watch this show and all the other Minnesota Lockdown podcasts. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and at B-Beacon. That's with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.